With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Liverpool played West Ham uh, last night and were victorious 3-1. And joining me for a little chat about it and a chat about the uh, the day's proceedings because it's deadline day is uh, the very lovely Adam Smith. How are you, mate? You okay? I'm all right, yeah. Don't think I've ever been described as very lovely before. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Adam, <laughs> last night, um, I must admit, I was so worried going into that game. Um, I don't know whether I should have been, but I, I was really worried. I looked at the team lineup, came in, and I thought, oh, God, here we go. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm normally quite positive, but obviously, I think I'm a bit scarred by that five game sequence we've just had. The team lineup comes in, there's no Fabinho, there's no Mane. We've got Phillips in there. Um, we've got Shakiri playing as a, a 10 behind, behind the two strikers. Oh, and Origi's in there as well, you know. So, well, I mean, what was your what was your thoughts when that that team lineup came in? Uh, look, I think anybody who says that they were particularly enthused by it is a liar. To be perfectly honest with you, like it, because it's just that that was not a team that makes you go, "We're going to batter them here." Like it just wasn't. Um, I think uh, you know Phillips. Obviously, I thought Phillips did well against Spurs for the for the whole you know on the on the most part, but basically had nothing to do if we're being honest about it. Um, and that you know the first thing he did was absolutely clatter into somebody and get a yellow card. Loved so it. I, I mean, it was great. You know, it was great fun, but it wasn't the sort of thing that makes you go, "He's the defender for me." Like it was <laughs> a little bit of a, "Oh my god, what are we in for here?" So I think you know you've got obviously Antonio is in incredible form for West Ham. Uh, Suchek has been unbelievable you know what a revelation he's been so there's been a few little players around their team where you're looking and going I don't really want them running it Nat Phillips I don't want Jordan to be doing too too much and then you know yeah and and look that Divock Origi will go down in in history as as one of the players that we will all talk about in decades to come the things that he's done whether you're looking at the goals against Everton what he did in that match against Barcelona or of course the Champions League final goal unbelievable what yeah, absolutely, Dortmund. Yeah, if you want to go back to that, yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was really good in that game. Yeah. You know, so much where you can look and go, what you know, what um, what a cult figure he'll be. But I, I just, I, I just don't want to watch him anymore, and I feel a bit sorry for him because he just doesn't fit in with what we're trying to do at all. And yeah. you know, I, I thought last night every attack died at his feet. It like it was just, it, it's just really he, he, he he's you know he's just. He's a player for the wrong era, and I think he'd be, you know, if he if we sell him to like West Brom or something, I think he'd be brilliant for them. Like he'll do the job, no, you know, no problem. But this Liverpool team is not about what he offers, and and so yeah, when I saw him in the lineup, I was a bit like, are we still doing this? Like, are we really still going through the motions with this? And that's not fair on him because he doesn't deserve that sort of feeling to be. You should hear the name Divock Origi and be like, oh, what? Are, yeah, remember that goal against Everton? You shouldn't be thinking, oh my god, are we going to watch him? plod around the pitch for 90 minutes that's and it's a shame I really think that it's interesting you say that because um I mean I have all those thoughts as well and 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 
weirdly the, the thing that you've just said is I've said to loads of people, you know, if he went to West Brom and played every game, he'd probably be great, you know, yeah. but we don't, he, he's in and out for us and it's not really fair on him. You're right in saying that. The interesting thing for me is I, I want to disagree with you a little bit because I actually thought he played well last night. I thought he he, he ran the channels. He, he, he got plays. The, the, the thing that frustrates me about him, and I was saying this to myself last night, watching the game, he has attributes and I don't think he uses them as much. He did in the second half. He's lightning quick. He is massive. But you don't see him running at players half as much as you should. Now, in the second half, I felt like he did that a little bit. And he got some joy. And you think, there we go, just do that. I mean, would you, what would you be your response be to that? I think, look, it's not it's not totally, you know, unreasonable what you've said. And, and I have to hold my hands up and say, I'm just done with him. So I'm finding it very difficult to see the positives. And, yeah. and I'll admit that, you know, I, like, I, I'm not I'm not the sort of person who kind of will, will be like, no, I'm right about that. But, you know, I, I, I'm fine. You know, maybe I am just being a little bit harsh on him. But I, I just think that, you know, he does all of those things that you've said, but they're all aimless. Yeah. Like, I think that's the big, but there's no, there's no like reasoning behind what he's doing, you know, to, to what it seems like from the outside is, and the, the number of times when we're basically, we essentially we're playing two up top with the diamond, the number of times he was basically on our halfway line in the mix, trying to get the ball, you know, alongside James Milner or something. I'm like, mate, you're the one they're trying to get it to. Yeah. What, what yeah. are you doing on the halfway line? Get up there. They're trying to get the ball to you. They're not yeah. going to be able to do that if you're winning the ball on the halfway line. The other thing with that as well was there was a couple of times when Trent had it in a wide position, looking to cross and Divox on the centre circle. Yeah, You know, I'd like to see him in the six-yard box using that strength. And again, that goes back to my thing where he has all the, he's had these attributes, but he might as well be slow and five foot ten because yeah. he, he, he plays like a player who is of that stature sometimes. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, I so I think the biggest kind of reason for that, the biggest thing with that is that we want our players to do loads of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like we want our players to be to be all over the place doing everything. Like look at what Firmino does for us. You know, dropping into midfield. Then he's then he's up front. Then he's on the sides. He's everywhere. And Origi doesn't have the sense. He doesn't have the brain to be able to do it. It's not his style. And it's why I think if you gave him to Sam Allardyce and Sam Allardyce said, "You stay there, we put the ball on your head, you score." Yeah. I think he'll do he'll do really well he because might. he needs the sort of manager who is like one dimensional. You know, we've got a manager who's four-dimensional and Origi isn't good enough to play in that in that kind of way in, in, for me. Well, the first half performance was was okay. Um, it wasn't um, anything amazing. We'd come out a bit goalless. Was there anything in that first half performance which gave, which, which gave you encouragement for the second half? Um... I, I mean, if, I, if I'm being generous, then I'd say the fact that West Ham never really looked like scoring, I think, you know, that, that was a good thing. But, but if I'm totally honest, that, like, I, 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 I felt that I could see where a West Ham goal was coming from. While I didn't, while they never looked like scoring, you could see what their plan was. We get a set piece, we make it, put it in the mixer, make it dangerous. That's what we're going to, that's what our plan's going to be. I didn't know where our goal, I just didn't know where our goal was coming from. Didn't have a clue. I was looking at it thinking, I don't know what our plan is here to try and score. And I think, you know, now on reflection, I think we spent the first 45 minutes basically earning the right to play. The first 45 minutes of an hour, we were earning the right to play. 
And then once we'd kind of, you know, said to West Ham, we're not making this easy for you. You're going to have to be at your best. Then obviously, but even then you have to put your hands up and say the first goal, it comes from a piece of genius from, from Mo Salah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, that wasn't something that it felt like we, we were turning up the pressure going, you know, all oh, the goal's going to come, the goal's going to come. It's basically come out of Salah being unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So the first half, I, I was a bit, despondent probably isn't the right word but but the end of the first half I was a little bit sitting there thinking I've seen this before yes like we've we've had this before do you know what I mean that this sort of like loads of possession but we didn't ask the goalkeeper to make a save we've seen that again you know in that that run you mentioned before of those five games we saw that again and again and again dominant but what what Arsene Wenger would have called sterile domination yeah. just wasn't anything. We weren't, weren't doing anything. Never tested the goalkeeper. Yeah. So I was going, please don't let us slip back into that, that habit, that pattern. You know? He makes a change. I think uh, I'm right in saying that Curtis Jones comes on at nil nil. Am I right? I am. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah, because he sets yeah. up the first goal. Um, and there's that. Did you see that <laughs> that little interchange between Klopp and Milner when Milner went off? Yeah, which was lovely. interesting. I mean, God knows what they were saying. Milner was was glaring him right in the eye. So it was, it was a bit, it was a, bit, it was a little bit, you know, it, it wasn't a friendly interchange, but then obviously it was a couple of minutes later, Curtis Jones gone, goes on one of those mazy runs as a one, two on the edge of the area and bang, you know, Mo Salah on his left foot. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I mean, and what a way for us to to get back, you know, get on top in that game in what looked like it was going to be a turgid, sort of, like you said, sterile. Um, the second goal, I want you to talk about the second goal because it was, it was, I mean, I, I was just absolutely, it was breathtaking, wasn't it? Uh, I, that's honestly one of the best goals I think we've scored for as long as I can remember because it, it, it wasn't just... That we, You've got West Ham, right? Who, who, who? I, I'm fairly certain I'm right in saying are the the number one team for scoring goals from set pieces in the yeah. Premier League. They've got a corner. We've got a a, a central midfielder playing as centre back. We've got a, a lad who, you know, let's be honest, isn't the, the played top, five times you know, top level. Yeah. You what? Sorry, mate. Played five times for us. Yeah, exactly. Played five times for us, and also, if we're all being honest, you know top of the Premier League battle is probably not his level. And I think he'd admit that himself. So you're looking at it going, you know, we don't, why do we keep giving away these corners? We really need to be better at giving, you know, stop giving away these corners. And then the ball drop, we clear it. The ball drops to Trent. And in that sort of situation, so many times you've seen players just boot it clear, just get rid of it. We can reset, you know, whatever. And he takes his time. He gets it under control. He takes his time. He looks up and he goes, there's acres of space. I'm going to put it in that acres of space where Shakiri's running into. Shakiri gets it. And most other people, you know, lots of players you'd see, take a couple of touches, set themselves, look across the box. Shakiri goes, nah, Mo Salah, I know how good a player he is. I'm just going to put this on his foot and let him deal with it. Ping's an unbelievable pass. It's, like Trent's pass is incredible, but it's just into space, really. Yeah, really. yeah it is. Yeah. Uh, Shakiri is, his, is, his the big, is the jelly in the goal for me. I think. Ah, uh, just it, it's just an incredible pass. Lands on Salah's 
thought. And then even then, you've got, you know, Salah yeah. going, well, how many choices have I got? But what he does is he just controls it perfectly and then taps it past the on-rushing goalkeeper. Like, it's pff, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, mate, if I scored that on FIFA, I'd be sharing it. Going, <laughs> see, see what I've just done here? You know, like, and that's a real, a real, real human beings doing that. Unbelievable. I, th- I think the, the pressure that came from um, the corners... I thought we dealt with quite well. I know they score one after we get the third and from a corner, but other than that, I thought we dealt with them quite well, considering what we're dealing with at the moment, which is a midfielder and a kid playing it. Uh, um, yeah, at centre off. All right, he's not a kid, but I use that liberally yeah. to advisedly have yeah. five games for us. Yeah, um, and then you know we get a third, and the third was beautiful, wasn't it? One touch yeah. pass in little triangles, fantastic. Gorgeous, another like another brilliant goal. That, that if the other two hadn't been scored, you'd be going, "That's a that's a yeah. that's a goal of the month stuff." That you know, whereas he's just you know, genie's up against the goal of the season one, the the one before, you know. Um, and I know I agree. I think we handled the pressure really well. Um, um, my dad, who's who's often a bit, you know, sort of often picks up on the negatives of of um, games. You know, you know, my dad texts me was like, oh, "I really wish we could get rid of that little thing of conceding from set pieces and things." And I was like, "Dad, they're the best team in the Premier League." League at set pieces and they've had about 10 against us yeah and they've scored one yeah. you know and even and even that they probably you know we we, we there's an element of luck it there it's, it's gone through hasn't it there's an element of luck there as I, I think it's bounced yeah. up nicely for him and i'm sure uh, we could have done better if you're enjoying this video so far please show your support for the ken 7 channel by subscribing clicking the like button and also clicking the notifications button as well to get future broadcasts. If you could also share the video on your Twitter and Facebook account, that will show YouTube's algorithm that you like our content. Have you heard about Ken7 merchandise? The link is in the description of this video. We have premium fanware for fans covering Liverpool, Celtic and Scotland. And it's fanware for young and old. So we have t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, caps, mugs, you name it, we've got it. Just something else to remember, every purchase that is made on our website, we donate to the Marina Dalgalish Appeal. So you're helping a great cause as well. So looking at the game, um, who were your top performers in the game? Uh, look, I think Salah, obviously, you know, is, is there. I, I mean... That's four seasons in a row now. He scored twenty plus goals, which is you know the first player to do it since Ian Rush, and 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 I honestly think he's still underrated. Like I really do. I think there's still some people who don't think, don't realise how good he is. He's incredible because it's not just how he's done that, but how like he. he I think he's. I want to say he's nineteen goals off taking over Ryan Giggs as the highest scoring winger in the Premier League and he's done it in like 400 fewer games or something absolutely mental so you know it's let let, he he is he is one of the best that we've ever had and I still think there's some people that don't rate him that highly which is bonkers but it's true um so I think that's like he's he's there definitely um I think I think you know James Milner has to be given you know a lot of credit he's he's he is to use the, the sort of phrases the adult in the room isn't he you know he, he's he's sort of he's doing the, the the sensible grown-up things that we need 
somebody to do, you know, and he's, uh, especially with, with uh, Henderson playing in defence, Milner kind of does that grown-up stuff. Um, and, and do you know what? I'm, like, I have to take my, my, my hat off to him because, like, I mean, I've, I, I've, I've always rated James Milner. I don't ever want to give the impression I'm, I haven't rated him. But there are times when I've kind of gone, I just think he's a bit too slow up for this side and you know he picks up stupid bookings because he's just a little bit too slow behind the ball well two matches in a row I've had a five on him getting a booking and he hasn't done it so <laughs> the little sod so he's absolutely making me look a fool and you know fair play to him I think he's uh, kind of out of this um of this slump yeah I think he yeah has. I think, I think that's very fair field has been absolutely crucial yeah, and, and he's just sensible, just making sensible decisions, yeah. isn't he? Um, so, no, I think that's very fair. I think um, uh, Henderson, if you asked me right now what I would like, I think we, I think Henderson's the best number eight in the, in the team, but I think we have op- options there, right? I think there's players that we can play in that position. I think Fabinho is the best number six in the, in the team, mm-hmm. but whilst there are options to put him there, the, the, the drop-off between Fabinho and any other number six is bigger than the drop-off between Henderson and any, any, any other number eight, I would say, right? So for me, I would if I were Jurgen Klopp, I'd be looking at it going, I think we keep Henderson at centre-back in games where we need a midfield to play, midfielder to play centre-back and we put Fabinho back in the DM role because then Fabinho is in his strongest position. The midfield as a whole is stronger. And Henderson's really good there. Gary Neville was saying a lot on Sky last night that he thinks maybe that's something that Jordan Henderson can look at to, to lengthen his career. And I can understand it. I could definitely understand that decision being made. Uh, so, yeah, Henderson gets a, a little nod from me as the well. Henderson thing's interesting for me because when um, he played there against Southampton, he played there in the World Club Cup two years mm. ago, a year ago. He played there against Southampton and we got beat. But he didn't. it wasn't because of him that we got beat. It was... No. Because their goal was like ridiculous. Uh, in, f- in fact, I think he, he um, Ings pulls off Trent anyway. It's not it's not Henderson yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. No. And a lot of Liverpool fans were Liverpool fans and fans in general of football teams, and they don't believe something will work until they actually see it work. Mm. So there was there was a lot of fans going Henderson, not a chance. He's never going to work at centre back. He's a midfielder. There's a lot of people saying we need Henderson in midfield. And you know we miss him, and I get that point. But I was very curious to see Henderson play. I I said at the time, let's give him ten games. If we're going to be struggling and we're not going to sign anyone, let's give him ten games at centre back, and let's say where he is at the moment because it's way too early to tell. He's such an intelligent footballer, and he is mm. such an influence on our team in the dressing room and on the pitch that it was difficult for me to see that he wouldn't be able to be a great centre back. And I think we're now seeing that. Um, yeah. In this performances, and it certainly had an effect in this little run of of games where we we you know we've turned things around. Um, yeah. We we had a little honourable mention of Phillips before. Um, you know what did you what did you think? Do you? I mean, obviously we're going to get on to what might happen today, signings wise. But would you be comfortable with Phillips playing in there in the future? I I, I posited on Twitter a while ago the idea that if. If we weren't going to sign a, sign a centre-back, then pick one of the centre-backs or both of the centre-backs, either Reese Williams or, or Nat Phillips, and give them a run of games. Mm-hmm. Because the, the problem with shifting... What you said a minute ago about people you know, people saying, oh, the midfield misses Henderson. Well, the reason the midfield misses, missed Henderson is because it was also missing Fabinho. Mm-hmm. So then you've got our 
two, in my opinion, two of our best midfielders have had to drop into central defence. So then the whole midfield changes, which means the supply line to the attack changes, which yeah. means no wonder we were struggling a little bit, right? Yeah. So if you if you asked me, if you said, look, the deal for, you know, the two people that were, you know, or two or three people that were rumoured to be signing today, they've all fallen through, can't get any of them. Then I'd say, okay, so let's stick with Phillips and Henderson. Let's just give them a chance to, because Phillips has done really well there. Because let's not forget, you know, Antonio is one of the informed players in the Premier League at the moment. I mean, he's, he's unbelievable what he's doing. Mm. Um, you know, scoring virtually every match. I know because I haven't had him in my fantasy football team and everybody else has. So every every single game he seems to be scoring. And Phillips, and, and he's fast. That's the big thing about him. He's fast. But there was no time at which he got in behind the defence. There was that no one chance, didn't he, just before we yeah. scored the first goal? Yeah. So, so, so I think you know you've got to kind of say, okay, you know, he's not he's not the long term solution. He's not Van Dyke. He's not Gomez. He's he's none of those things. But he's a solid defender, and he bloody loves heading the ball. I've never known anybody love heading something as right, much as he does. Yeah. It really like really not not only loves it but really good at it. Like it's like it just a ball's ahead is the bang. Like just again and again and again. That's his. He, he just loves it. So you know, I, I think there's again. He's another one. He's a little bit like Origi. If you told me in you know in the summer we sold Origi and um, Nat Phillips to West Brom. I'd go, yeah, well, they'll have solid careers. I think yeah. the pair of them will have solid, decent careers for 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 that club, you know, or or West Ham or whatever, whoever you want, you know. Um, so yeah, I can't remember from the games that Phillips has played for us. The only one that I have a little asterisk next to is the Brighton one away, where he might have had a slightly dodgy game. But again, I don't think that was why we drew the game. Other mm. than that, he's played well when he's played. He, and he's and like you said. He's just done the simple thing, things yeah. that he's good at. <clears throat> yeah, and it, but he's done what's been asked of him. You know yeah. that that's like wh- whatever else he can walk away from from his time at, at Liverpool and go, I did what was asked of me. You know, I've done exactly what the manager wanted me to do, and that's that's it. And I've proven that I can play at a, a decent level. Mm. Uh, and I, I think he will. He'll have a Premier League career. I don't think it'll be with us, but he'll have a Premier League career. And and yeah, as I say, if, if look, we all want the deals to go through. We all want a couple of centre backs to come in so that we can just get midfielders back into midfield and start to let players play in their actual positions. But if it, but if they fell through today and you should have just got Nat Phillips, you know, to play for the rest of the season alongside a and other, I, I'd go okay. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. I, I don't, I'm not looking forward to him playing against Man City. Yes, but generally, but not all teams are Man City's level. Yeah. You know, there's loads of there's loads of teams in the Premier League that Nat Phillips is more than good enough to play against. To be fair, even if we sign these two players today, and we'll get onto that in a minute, you're not sure which one you'd want to be playing against Man City because there's an asterisk against all of them, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, you know, look, yeah, absolutely, and and that's kind of. I think it's. I would not be shocked to see. Uh, Henderson and Fabinho be the back line against Man City, yeah. but I'd rather it not be. If I'm yeah. being honest, you know, because for what I've said before, that Fabinho is a brilliant central, um, a defensive midfielder. So putting if if you if you gave me the squad and everyone's fit, obviously apart from the long term injuries, everyone's fit. I'm probably saying let's go Phillips and Henderson again in defence with Fabinho as the DM patrolling in front of them because they've probably got the best chance of of keeping the likes of Man City out because Fabinho can patrol in front of them. They can look after Phillips 
and 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 Henderson is quick. He's intelligent. He knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. and he can lead from the back. Yep. You know, so many captains, are central. Um, uh, essential defenders, aren't they? John Terry being the, the sort of quintessential example. Yep. Loads of them over the years. Sol Campbell and um, Rio Ferdinand. You know, it's not unusual. You know, I never, I never like a goalkeeper as captain. Yeah, but it's not unusual for a central midfield uh, for a defender uh, for a central defender to be one. Mm, of course, um, I've got to. Last time I had you on, we had uh, a good chat <laughs> about one of your special subjects, which is John Moss, the referee. Now. We've, the last two games, we've had him as the VAR in the first game against Tottenham and we had him actually as the referee last night. And I, I just want to hear his name now. I always think of you because of that rant that you went on last time. So uh, how did you assess his performance last night? Um, and, and, and as I mean, he, he ruled in our favour on the, the VAR, didn't he? He got the trigonometry right. Do you remember you talking about the trigonometry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thing about that though, mate, is... You just need to look at it and go, Son's offside in that Spurs one. It wasn't It wasn't close. It wasn't Marnay at Everton, which never was offside anyway, but that's neither here nor there. You know, it wasn't um, Ings the other day where, you know, it's, it's just there, just above the armpit kind of thing. It wasn't that. He was just offside. And still he spent ages drawing the lines and pulling it as if he was trying to figure out if he could somehow make him onside. Like he's, he's not, he's not, he is not fit enough to be a professional referee. And I include Saturday in the VAR room he's not fit enough to do it like it's 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 and and do you know what I'm not having a go at him I'm no I'm no spring chicken but he's and I'm sure he's nearly 50 have you seen photos of Mo Salah like have you seen what he looks like with his top off it's insane like it's mental and you've got John Moss trying to keep up with him like can you imagine what was going through his head when we had that break from the corner when it came to that and he must have gone off for um, well, I'll run the halfway line. I mean, that's what I like. That's as far as I'm going. If you, I'm not going any yeah, if you haven't scored by then, then I'll just I'll just give a throw in. I'm like I'm not running that far. Like it, you think he was it, in his I'm, ear going, "I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. I can't get there. I can't get there." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's just it, it's not it it's it's not his fault. It's the PGMOL that needs to have a serious look at themselves. And it's not just John Moss, by the way. Most of these referees are 40 odd years old. And I'm not uh, you know, obviously if you've got any 40 year olds listening to this, there'll be loads of them going, I'm I'm really fit and blah blah blah. Have you seen Mo Salah without his top on? Like look <laughs> at what the, they are up against the most finely tuned athletes in the world and these fellas are in the 40s and John Moss is not fit by the way he's not and that's not i, I am i am a, a big i am a larger lad myself i've got i'm not trying to do down people or be fattest or anything else that people might want to accuse me of he's not fit he cannot keep up with play so why is he being allowed to referee professional football matches with lads who are in their 20s and are in the peak physical condition he just can't do it and it's not his fault Put him out to pasture. It's like Martin Tyler. Just call it a day. It's time. We're done. We're done now. Just let it go. And and that's you know that's what it that's what it comes down to for me. And like so, John Moss. I am ninety nine percent certain was the one who sent Sadio Mane off for the high boot on Edison in the Man City match. Right? right. We can have a big old you know many years ago. We can have a big old conversation around that. Right, wrong. The fact that countless other people have done a high foot exactly the same thing and not been sent off since we can have that that conversation till we're blue in the face right one of their lads kicked jordan henderson in the head yesterday and didn't get anything what where's the consistency from the same referee by the yeah. way 
Yeah, it's a good Where's point. The, I never know, thought about that at the time that it should have been a booking, but normally it would be. He was already it? on a yellow as well, yeah. a lad, which is oh, probably he? why he's bottled it and not yeah. not shown in the second yellow because oh. he was already on on one. Yeah. And and it's just, it's he's like so. There's, I mean, I've got a hierarchy of referees, right? Michael Oliver's right near the top, and even he's a bit rubbish this year. But he's he's the one at the top, and then all the rest are just rubbish. But John Moss is the worst because he's too unfit to keep up with play and he doesn't seem to know the rules even when he is somehow miraculously around the play. Once play has gone one end and come back to the other and he hasn't moved, he somehow manages to be there or thereabouts. Even then, he doesn't seem to know the rules of the game. You know, that like the, 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 the handball... The other day, everyone was saying, oh, you know, well, yeah, but it was, uh, you know, Martin Atkinson or whatever went over to the screen and he decided it was Bobby Firmino who handled the ball, Right. That's irrelevant because John Moss never should have sent him to the screen because the, the, the question came down to, was it a deliberate handball? And the answer is no. There's no way it was a deliberate handball because sad, because Bobby Firmino had your man wrapped round him, yeah. you know, like basically controlling him like weekend at Bernie's. There was no way that it was a deliberate handball. And John Moss just should have gone on the VAR. No, it's not a deliberate handball. But instead... He chooses, and it's the VAR choice, he chooses to show Martin Atkinson yeah. a slow-motion replay of the video where it looks like it is a deliberate handball because it's in slow motion. That's his job as the VAR is to go, no, it wasn't a deliberate handball, the goal stands. And I can't even do that. I would have liked to have known what Martin Atkinson was looking for had John Moss said... Well, I think it's come off Dyer's arm, but then Firmino handles it. Or as he just said, you need to check Firmino handles it. Yeah, Do you know I what I mean? And, it, and it, is Martin Atkinson looking at both things or is he just looking at the Firmino bit? Because he should be looking I, I, at both. So I think, uh, again, uh, you know, it's pure speculation, isn't it? But my assumption is that, that John Moss has said on the VAR, you need to have a look at this, whether he's done it deliberately or not. If it's a deliberate handball, the goal can't stand. If it's an accidental handball, it can stand. Right. And and that that is he shouldn't be doing that because it's very clear to anybody who's watching it. There's no way that's a deliberate handball. Mm. So his job as the VAR, he doesn't need to get Martin Atkinson to go over and have a look at it. He just needs to say to Martin Atkinson, it's an accidental handball. Disallow it. This is the fella, lest we forget, that gave Tottenham a penalty three seasons ago or whatever it was, four seasons ago, because he just decided to. Yeah. You know, because the linesman basically said, I'm not sure whether he's touched on it. I'm just going to give the pen. I'm yeah. like, what What? What planet are you living on where yeah. the PGMOL can see that four seasons ago, whatever it was, and go, yep, he's sound, still carry on. Yeah. Like, he's awful. He is legitimately awful and not fit enough to keep up with play. And we've got to keep coming back to that because some of the referees, Martin Atkinson is fit enough to keep up with play. I still think it's a bit daft that he's a professional referee as it is, but he, you know, he can at least keep up with play. John Moss can't. And it's not fair to the fella. Have you seen Mo Salah with his top off? Like, what, what, is, what are they doing to him? Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. I can't let you go. Obviously, today it's deadline day, and um, is the looks like there's going to be a couple of uh, incomings. Which I mean, Liverpool are normally quite quiet on deadline day. They don't normally leave things to the last minute. But we've heard as of the time of recording that Ben Davis is having a medical ahead of a two million pound move from Preston. And just before we started, um, Sky Sports were reporting that um, Ozan Kabak was having a medical in Germany ahead of a proposed loan move which will then be made permanent in the summer. Um, you know, 
great news that we've acted. We've been asking for it. We've been asking for it since the summer almost. We wanted another centre-back. I think we took a gamble on Fabinho playing back there and that's blown up in our face. And the fact that we're still in third in the league is, is remarkable, really. What's um, what's your reaction to the you know the, the possible incoming of two centre backs and you know the two the two guys that we're talking about? Well, first of all, I've got to hold my hands up and say I don't know anything about either of them apart from yeah. what I've read on Twitter and things like yeah. that. I don't know. I've never. I, I must admit, I don't watch the Championship. I don't watch uh, the Bundesliga. I don't. I just don't watch any anything yeah. other than Liverpool, really. So I, I can't comment on their actual abilities. Right. I do think it is really funny, like really funny that. That, that we've spent the entire transfer window uh, saying we want centre-backs, we want centre-backs. It's been like, not getting one, not getting one. Deadline day, FSG go, fine, you want centre-backs? It's two centre-backs. Yeah. And Liverpool fans still go, we don't want those ones, though. Yeah. Um, like, that's really that's really funny. Like, people go, they're not good enough. Like, I mean, it, that's just, you know, my favourite thing about transfers in general. Uh, but ultimately, for me, it comes down to to, to this, which is that, we Liverpool FC have put very little wrong, have done very little wrong in the transfer market during basically Michael Edwards' time at the club, right? So they're not they've not picked Ben Davis out of a lineup and just go, well, just have that one. Mm. You know, they're looking at things and looking at going, what why, you know, what what has he got? And what he apparently got is his brilliant pass with the ball. He's a left-footed player, so he he, st- he goes into to sort of uh, that side of the, the pitch, Van Dyke's side, and he's a good passer of the ball so they're the things where FS, where um, Michael Edwards has gone that's what we're missing is a decent passer to get us out right we are ve- we very rarely Liverpool very rarely have to do a huge amount of defending you know it's not mm. it's not like we're constantly under the cosh you know compare us to West Ham last night you know where they were constantly you know having to redo the shape get the shape in bubble because they're always there that's not us mm. you know it's very little defending that we have to do so we want a lad who can pass the ball who can head stuff clear when he needs to, and 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 who's who's a body basically to me we, that we don't have to keep playing. We need, we need a good we need a good one on one defender as well because mm-hmm. quite often yeah. people people counter on us because we have that high line. Yes, we also need someone who's quick and someone who's a good one on one. I haven't been able to decipher whether he's quick or not, but I believe from reading that he is quick. But I, from what I've seen on YouTube doing my YouTube research, um, he. He, he, he looks very good one-on-one. Mm. So if you've got someone running at him, he quite often, they don't get past him. He just, he'll just take the ball off them. Very much like Van Dyke, actually. Not yeah. comparing him to Van Dyke. I just mean in that. So in fact, very much yes. like Fabinho. The way Fabinho does that. Someone running at him, yeah. he just he just stops them and takes the ball off them. So, yeah. I mean, that bodes quite well. The, I think the big question mark, I think, and I'm, I don't know whether you'll agree with me, is can he make the step up from championship to the Premier League and it's unless you unless you try it you don't know do you no and you know I think on 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 all of those points the only people I look at in this sort of instance are Preston fans or Preston journalists because they're the people who've who've been watching him right Liverpool fans yeah as exactly the same as you same as me watching him on YouTube and there'll be loads of people going oh he's not good enough or people looking at stats and going oh he's only got a 57% head headed clearance ratio but yeah, all right. Well, that's, you know, obviously we want somebody who's a bit better than that, but that, that only tells you a limited amount. All of the Preston fans that I've seen and the Preston journalists who watch him week in, week out are saying, he is a Premier League player. Mm-hmm. Liverpool are getting him a snip. He's probably a £10 million defender. He's got the ability to step up to the Premier League. He's quick. He's intelligent. He's 
really good at, with his positioning and you know all of the above and you know that that he's that, that and they're really like they're simultaneously gutted to see him go but absolutely made up for him he's going to be signing for Liverpool and that I think that tells you everything you need to know you know yeah I I absolutely agree with that the the the, the response from the Preston fans has been very much like you know, were made up for him. They they almost have, have taken ownership of him, and it's he's one of our lads who's 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 going to make it big. You know, he's going to get his yeah, chance yeah, to yeah. make it big. Totally, Fantastic. Yeah. So there's, there's also um, there was a thing in goal where uh, Neil Jones from goal spoke to Reese Williams uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I think, or a couple of months ago, maybe talking about you know who he looks up to and things. And Reese Williams's response was, "Oh, there's a lad at." Preston called Ben Davis, who oh, I really look up to to model my game on. So that you know that again tells you something because Reese is at Liverpool playing for Liverpool, and he's saying this lad at Preston's who I'm modelling my game on. Wow, you know that that's interesting, isn't it? That's incredible. I'll, I'll have to dig that out definitely. Um, just before I let you go, Brighton, I think is Wednesday. Wednesday night. Wednesday. Yeah. Um, what are you what are your feelings going into that game? I, it, it's. Look, I'm I'm feeling a lot more positive now than I was, you know, prior to the Spurs game. I, that that much goes without saying. Um, and I I think they got their win against Tottenham. And I think if you're if you're Graham Potter, you're probably looking at Liverpool and Spurs back to back and going, if we can get three points, four points from those games, that would be that would be a really really good achievement. Well, they've got three now, so that you know they're, they're not going to be desperate. I don't know who they've got at the weekend, so I'm not sure how much they're going to be. You know, is there going to be something in Graham Potter's mind going? Do you know what we've got? I don't know. We've got whoever uh, West Ham, uh, West Brom at the weekend. So actually, you know, we could do with focusing more on getting the we've got more chance of getting the three points against West Brom six points are in it yeah exactly so I'm, I'm, I've made that up I don't know if it's West Brom but I just mean you know like if they've got a team around that area yeah. it's more likely to be going that's the game to focus yeah, yeah. on the Liverpool but equally we've got a big game that we're going to be focusing on you can't tell me that the players and stuff aren't looking at Man City and going yeah, that you know we just need to get this this one out the way but this Liverpool team has has been very, very good at under Jurgen Klopp of thinking about the game in front of them. They have, you know. Um, what I'm it, the weird thing is, I'm almost m- surprised that we went with the team we went with against West Ham when you'd think it's probably more of a of a of a team for Brighton to rest legs ahead of yep. City. Um, so mm-hmm. I think the team selection will be important. Um, I think it's a it's a massive shame that Minamino murdered Klopp's entire family. Um, and that's why he's never allowed to play for Liverpool again. Um, there's, you know, like that. Like what, last what game the was the Bristol Palace game, which is the best game he's ever played yeah. for us, probably. It was absolutely brilliant. And yeah. Klopp's gone. That's not for me. That to be honest. Weird. Um, I know you scored the goal and played well, but that's not what we're after here. Really. <laughs> um, like <laughs> just really bizarre. Um, so yeah, like I wouldn't. You know, maybe he'll come in. Maybe there'll be a couple of little couple of changes like that. But mainly, it'll just be about getting fine tuning, getting things ready, and and if we do get a couple of defenders over the line, then maybe we have a look at one of them. Uh, you know, if if Kabak comes in, for example, maybe he has a little look at them at him against Brighton with a mind of can he can he be thrown into the bear pit of City because mm. you don't want to be throwing you know uh, Ben Davis or or Ozan Kabak in against Man City's the first Premier League experience. Well, exactly. Yeah, you want to you want to see how they play with the rest of the team. So I'm feeling more more confident than I was. But I just think 
this season's crazy and and there's still i think there's still a few more twists and turns and and mad results to come our way before this season's over so every game feels more dangerous than it has in the past i would say yeah brilliant well listen mate thanks very much as ever and really enjoyed chatting to you especially your john moss run and um i'll uh, i'll speak to you soon you take care yourself <laughs> cheers, cheers mate thanks sports social podcast network